Yeah, it's everyone. This is Kelvin. This is episode 73 of Res Metal Podcast. In this episode, I talk with John Lambert of Noise Dosage Media. If you're not familiar with John's work, he does a podcast entitled Noise Dosage Media, so be sure to check that out. He also prints a fanzine by the same name, Noise Dosage Media. And most recently, he released a documentary entitled Between Exaltation and Aggression, an extreme death metal documentary film. Uh, that documentary you can check out on YouTube. There'll be a link to his uh, page to check out that documentary. In the documentary, he talks to different bands, you know, bands uh, including Napalm Death, Cal Decapitation, Gate Creeper, Incantation, Municipal Waste, Sanguasugabog, Exhumed, just a long list of uh, people that he, you know, got a chance to talk to about, you know, extreme metal. But, um, yeah, we talk about that, and we also kind of just talk about, you know, our background and how we got into doing podcasts. You know, he kind of does the same thing I do, but I think he's kind of more established and kind of talks to more bands on a national level. You know, I do enjoy talking to, you know, bands in my area and res metal bands, but, you know, I'm also a fan, too, of extreme metal, and I want to kind of get to know and talk to more uh, bands in the in, on the national scene. But um, yeah, I hope you check out this uh, interview and hope you enjoy it. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, just, I'm just gonna keep you know moving along and doing podcasts, and I uh, hope you enjoy it. Thank you. Yeah. I I tried learning guitar. I took some guitar lessons, but I I just couldn't like sustain it like i would get really into it for about a month and then i would just have to put it down for like work or school but no i haven't been able to pick pick up any instruments uh for a while now well it's cool though man because even though you don't play an instrument whatever like i mean you're still involved i think that's the coolest thing about uh this genre of music is like doesn't matter if you're good at writing, taking photos, doing videos, talking, like all of that. I mean, it kind of blends as long as you put yourself out there and start doing shit. You know what I mean? Um, so you find you found your niche, you know, doing podcasts and stuff, which is awesome. Yeah, is, yeah, uh, it's fun. I really, uh, I really enjoy it. it. Just gives me something to look forward to, and like, um, I really like you know, reaching out to the bands I like and looking into their catalog, looking into their history and just, you know, finding things about them and then talking with them. It's, uh, I always compare it like, it's like studying for a test. Like I'm studying, you know, their, their history and their music. And then the test is I get to talk to them and hopefully don't like, you know, make a fool of myself. (laughs) Oh, I do that all the time, man. Don't worry about it. Um, yeah, that is definitely the, the test of time. It's like, right when you, you, you're like, all right, let's meet up and talk. And then you're like, all right, do I actually know enough to talk to this band? Um, I've done a few podcasts where like, I don't know much other than I like the music. Like, I don't know their background, where they're from and all that jazz, you know, who's in the band, but I just like their music. And sometimes those go really well too. Cause you'll throw some curveballs at them because you don't know a lot about them. Oh, yeah. Like, what my, my thing is I, I like to go on the, either the band's Facebook page or Instagram page, and I'll just, like, scroll back, like, years, like, just trying to see if there's something that, like, you know, may, maybe I could, you know, talk about or maybe just find something I didn't know about. Um, or sometimes I'll even, like, you know, listen to other interviews. Like, I'll, like I checked out your... Uh, your podcast with um, and when I talked to some of the people that have been on yours before, I would just go back and listen and just see if there's anything that, you know, I can kind of um, uh, branch off of kind of. Yeah. 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 Because yeah, sometimes it gets like that where I'll, I'll look at like old conversations that they have and I'll, I'll be like, what did you mean by X, Y, and Z? And then I'll just like, break that down into like a whole conversation you know what i mean um i think that's the coolest thing about podcasting is like at least for me when i start an episode i have no (laughs) like i mean i'll jot down a few like topics of you know what to 
expect from me kind of but like i kind of go off the rails like i have no direction i try not to you know yeah that's good i i think i'm more of like a i don't know maybe i just got i'm just a control freak but i have like a, a whole like notebook i these are all like that's most good. of the interviews i've done all year i just like that's rad yeah take notes and try to um follow um well in my head i'll like try to imagine the direction I'm going with the conversation. And, um, and then I just write down like questions or, uh, interesting facts, or if they have an album out, I'll write down the name of the album and the date it's coming out. And oh just yeah. Just Those... keeps me, keeps, keeps <laughs> oh, me on chat. Forgetting the date, forgetting the dates and when things happen. That's, that's huge. Um, but yeah, I'll usually like jot down like eight, eight things nowadays before I start a podcast, eight topics. Um, just because like, I don't know, have you ever done a podcast where you have nothing planned or no? Yeah. Uh, literally like 30 minutes before the, the time I'll like, that's when I'll really like start to freak out and try to like, you know, really at least like, like if I can't like, um, if I have no idea what I'll do is I'll just go back to some of the questions I ask another person yeah. <laughs> and i'll just kind of recycle questions yeah sometimes uh, sometimes that works a, a lot better because you can kind of like reimagine that previous conversation you know what i mean because sometimes you can expect the answer but if you know what they're gonna say then yeah yeah but uh, i must say that i do that only where if i can't find anything um you know, about the person, like if I can't find their biography or if I can't find, like, if there's just not a whole lot of information about them, then that's when I kind of have to do that. Like just recycle some questions. Yeah. Yeah. Recycling, recycling is a thing too. And like, if you ever get in like a rut where it's like a creative rut when you're like, fuck man, I've done so many podcasts in a week or whatever, like burnout. That's a huge thing as well was podcasting as long as my thing is i'm gonna keep doing what i'm doing as long as i'm having fun which i am um but you know just being consistent is the biggest thing with podcasting like even if even if the conversation goes nowhere <laughs> you know uh at least you had fun and stuff but yeah but yeah. i think you have I, I think you have a little niche though which is awesome yeah. Yeah. I, I, when I started, I kind of just focused on the, the, the bands in this area, like the, where I'm at in like, you know, Northern Arizona and kind of reached out to the local bands around here. And then, um, like in my mind, I had like people I wanted to talk to and the, one of the number one, like, like musicians I wanted to talk to was Max Cavalera. And so I think, um, I, I spoke to him for, this was back in like March. And I think, I think that's kind of was like the point where I kind of realized I can kind of like start reaching out to more like, uh, national bands with a pretty big profile. And so, um, yeah, I think that was kind of like my, my landmark for like Hell doing yeah. these podcasts. That's, that's awesome. Mine was like, uh, mine was Necrobutcher from mayhem and gall from gorgoroth that was like my <laughs> yeah. that was like my um i don't know my my breaking point where i'm like fuck it like i'm gonna just go all out you know yeah um but it's cool man once you get that one guess that was really impactful in your life or whatever i don't know just want to keep doing it so yeah yeah, but. for sure. There's still, there's a couple more I want to, I want to talk to. Like, uh, like I really want to talk to Chuck Billy from Testament. Um, okay. I think he'd be a really good one. Uh, I've been trying to like message him all his like accounts on social media. And then I've been emailing like his management and the management got back to me. They actually replied to me, which was kind of cool. And they said that they'll, they'll let him know. And I still, I haven't heard anything back yet, but I'm still. Uh, I'm still going to be doing this and hopefully, you know, I'll, I'll get to talk, talk with them. Oh yeah. Well, I, the thing is like, uh, I feel like 
the biggest thing with podcasting is like once you build a I don't want to say a portfolio, but like once you have so many get like let's put it this way. If you reached out to Chuck Billy and you had three episodes, right? Uh versus two hundred, the the management or whoever PR is gonna look at that and be like, Whoa, like this guy's like, you know, putting in the time, the effort, you know what I mean? I feel like when it comes down to like podcasting and any type of music related passion project, those people recognize it. You know what I mean? It's just, you have to be like consistent and be like, Hey, what's the update? What's the update, man? Like, come on, you know? Yeah. But, um, yeah. Are there any like, um, musicians or artists that you're like, you, you kind of have a, <laughs> a list of, or like a, that you want to like still like kind of talk to or, or feature on your podcast? Yeah. I mean, Ooh, that's hard. Like I, I've always wanted to like talk to Corey Taylor on my podcast like this. Like, I mean, there obviously that's not like a really underground extreme band, but I mean, that is like something that is very unreachable. <laughs> um, but then again, like sometimes like those super high profile bands, like, uh, I've had a lot of fun podcasts. Let's put it that way. And and it doesn't matter popularity wise or anything. Like it just comes down to the, uh, I don't know the personality, like Matt, Matt from Exune, man, he was a great guest, you know, like, uh, but that's really hard. Dude, Buckethead, if he ever like talked, that would be cool. <laughs> uh, I don't know, Alex Van Halen, uh, Howard Jones from Killswitch Engage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think that, that yeah, uh, Wolfgang Van Halen, Eddie Van Halen's son. That'd be cool. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot of people, man, I haven't hit yet. Um, but I'm just going to keep trucking along, you know? Yeah. Yeah, same here. I, I really want to just kind of, uh, since I've been doing this, I I kind of like um, found out more bands in my area. I kind of want to like go back and kind of reach out to the the bands that you know I didn't know about before and try to um, try to get them on, just so you know people can check them out or at least give them some some uh, exposure. Um, yeah, I really yeah. like this area and this the scene out here. That's awesome. I mean, like I. Uh... I'm currently working on, slowly working on a, a documentary about my, well, our local scene or whatever, um, from like Buffalo, Rochester area, Niagara Falls. Um, I just started doing that like a, like two months ago. And that's basically exactly what you're doing, but in video form. Like I'm trying to capture like what's going on uh, within this area. Because there's just a lot of good music everywhere, but trying to like uh trying to organize it in a way that people understand oh this is a scene is a whole another thing you know what i mean uh, yeah but, yeah I, um I, I enjoyed your 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 um your documentary that you you just put out um it's been a few months now i i i think yeah well it's been uh it's been 2 months from today well, sorry, okay. not from today. I just, I remember it's been two months because I just looked at it the other day. And I was thinking to myself, I'm like, holy crap, man. Like, two months. <laughs> that's that's how long it's been. I remember when I clicked the button, I was like, okay, let's see how this goes. Um, but, yeah, what would you think of it? I I really I really uh, enjoyed it. It just is, you know, sort of like with... Uh, these like podcasts, but it was like, you know, um, video format. I really liked that. I really liked the, how it was broken down, you know, like, you know, how everyone got into the music and then their opinions on like the evolution and, um, you know, the culture and, um, 
you know, just like the, the DIY nature of it. And yeah, just the, the advice that they had for everyone. Uh, I, th- I thought that was cool. Like the way it was broken down. Um, and, uh, yeah, you had uh, a lot of like different people, um, from just different genres. I really liked that. I really liked the, um, I think, um, I think my favorite guest was just Matt Harvey. He had a lot of like cool stuff, yeah. <laughs> really Dude, funny he, stuff to say. He was, uh, yeah, he didn't even like, it's tricky. Cause like if I was behind, I'm behind a camera right now, uh, but, uh, just in general, I'm pretty twitchy when it comes being in front of cameras in general, but like, I, you know, I put Matt behind a camera. I just started talking to him and it was like, it wasn't even there. Like he, the only focus was to have a conversation with me. He wasn't worried about anything else going on the side. Um, but yeah, funny story is like, we just like walked across the street and did like a parking garage, filmed it, went back. It was just, it was just a, a really funny time. Just one-on-one, just talking about metal. <laughs> yeah. It was cool. Yeah, uh, that's cool. How do, uh, I'm guessing like the, you talk to him like at live venues or you would like go to shows and like talk to him there? Yeah. Uh, so other than um, uh, Alex from Undeath and uh, John from Incantation, like I went out of my way to like go to a place to meet them there without a show. Every other um, guest that was on that documentary was like at a show. Like we filmed it either before, during, or after. Um, because a lot, of, well, half of the documentary was like national bands. And I mean, I'm like a solo, <laughs> a solo filmmaker with no budget. Um, so, I mean, I was already going to the shows. I was already going to attend being a fan and whatever. Uh, the only difference was the fact that I reached out to them beforehand. And I was like, Hey, let me film. Let's have a conversation, you know? Um, but yeah, yeah. Just had a show chilling and I'm going to do it tomorrow actually with, uh, Scott from Carnifex, which is going to be fun. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, uh, yeah. And, um, another, another guest I really liked was, um, I think, uh, Chad from frozen soul. I think he had a lot I of, knew that you were gonna say a lot that. of personal oh, yeah. stuff. Yeah. That he shared. I thought that was cool. Like just, uh, yeah, he very, um, transparent and just like shared like his personal stuff, personal experiences, which, um, yeah, I, I thought that he was probably the most like transparent, like about his, like his background and where he was coming from. I really, yeah, I really enjoyed his, uh, contribution to the documentary. Yeah. He was, uh, I don't know the frozen soul guys and gals. I mean that band, uh, it's funny. Cause I mean, they're like a newer band, but like they came out like guns blazing. Right. But not only is like their music good, but they're just like cool and really relaxed people. I mean, like, I, uh, just thinking back on like that interaction with Chad and, uh, Michael, uh, we did the same thing. We went to the parking garage across the street, but like it was a little bit of a different atmosphere because, um, I don't know, man, like chat, for example, like, um, after the show, like he just gave me like a free vinyl. He was like, Hey man, I really, he's like, look at, He's like, I don't want any money. I just want to let you know that, like, I appreciate the hell out of what you're doing. It means a lot to us. And, like, you know, the the scene needed this. He's like, I want this vinyl to be yours. And he just gave it to me for no reason. Like, there was no, like, I didn't, like, walk up to the merch booth and be like, hey, man, can I get some free merch? Like, that was not the thing. (laughs) Um, It was just cool to see somebody like that, um, you know, the popularity didn't the popularity didn't like you know i don't know like catch up with them you know what i mean like sometimes bands when they get popular they kind of lose the attitude of hey like i really appreciate everybody that's you know supporting us and uh yeah they're just super down to earth man yeah yeah they were they were uh well the his uh 
his parts in the documentary are pretty, pretty much a highlight for me. Um, and then, um, I think the, the gatekeeper guys too, I think I really, really liked what they had to say too. Um, I mean, mostly I'm biased cause they're Arizona band and I'm, I'm from Arizona, but, um, yeah, just, uh, uh, hearing from them and, um, I mean, cause they're still like fairly new. I think, um, I mean, I consider them fairly new, but yeah, they, they, they have a, they seem to have a big impact now. I mean, like they've only been around for like, I want to say like seven, six or seven years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're like, they're like becoming like, you know, that level of like black Dahlia murder and white chapel, like, Mm -hmm. yeah, they're, uh, they're going to be the, I, to be honest with you, I think they're going to become like the biggest, one of the biggest death metal bands within the next 10 years that they keep up with what they're doing and writing the same realm of music. I think they're going to be in the higher echelon of metal bands. Um, and they already are, you know what I mean? Um, but I just saw them at psycho Las Vegas, man. And they tore it up, dude. Yeah. Like, uh, Chase, like before he, he even played the set, he like jumped into the the hot tub, <laughs> and then he got on stage like drenched. Uh, I thought it was really funny, but I wanted to bring up a, a funny story about the Gate Creeper uh, interaction uh, because I don't think anybody knows this, and I mean you brought them up that you're a fan. Um, this just goes to show you how nice of people they are too. Um, so I have like expensive camera equipment, right? I just set it up outside. It was like the back alley of a place that I traveled to. I've never been there before. It could have been super sketchy. I had no idea. Anyway. So like we're in this back alley of the show. I set up all my equipment, the lighting, the microphone, everything, uh, takes about 15, 20 minutes to set up. And, uh, my fucking microphone doesn't work. Just stops working. It's just, I'm like, oh my God, like, I can't just use the camera audio. It's going to sound like crap. It's going to sound like a potato. Um, so I figured out the nine volt battery uh, that powered it was dead, right? And I looked at Chase. I said, look at man, like, I'm like, I really appreciate you wanting to do this, but you know, there's a problem like the nine volt battery is dead and I need one. I'm not going to leave all my equipment here. I don't want to not do it. He's like, dude, just stay here. I get you a nine volt battery. So like he, he, he like rummages around, uh, all the, the band vans. He like runs all around the, the venue and lo and behold, like 10 minutes later, he comes out with a nine volt battery. He looks me in the eyes. He said, all right, let's do this shit. Right. <laughs> Damn. Uh, so there was a lot of like situations like that where like the documentary could have went downhill real quick, you know? Um, but all the bands were like super supportive of it, of it you know? So. Yeah, yeah. I know. It was cool. Like, I, I mean, you got some like legends too, like Barney from Napalm Death and uh, John from incantation, like dudes that have been in it since the beginning, which it's cool to have that representation. And then all the way to like on death and, uh, yeah. Like, um, Sangasugabog, like the dudes that are, <laughs> yeah. It's blown up now. Yeah. I thought it was pretty important, man, because like, uh, I think a lot of documentaries nowadays that they're all based off of, you know, the history of the past and like the legendary bands. And I'm like, you know, like I just want to film a positive documentary about, you know, like the bands that have been around for a long time that have been killing it. And then like, you know what people can expect in the future. You know what I mean? Cause Mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes people are so sucked into the past. Um, you know, there's people like you where they like searching into the underground shit and finding it but you know not not everybody wants to do that you know <laughs> oh yeah i know i i dig like i just i've been like obsessed with like just like reading interviews and like you know 
oh gosh, since I discovered the like underground, like extreme metal. Um, I mean, it was just like magazines and stuff like that. Just like reading about like, you know, what the, the process of like putting out the album and, you know, the lyrics and the lineup and all that stuff. I think I've always just kind of, uh, I guess I've just been kind of like a nerd. Like I kind of want to dive deeper. And so I think, uh, yeah, this just kind of like, it's just uh, an extension, like talking to the, the, the bands and, you know, listening to interviews like yours. It's just, it's just an extension of that. Yeah, I think it's funny nowadays because, like, <laughs> like sometimes when people think of like metalheads, they think of like, uh, <laughs> like, like smelly, smelly dudes with super long hair and black t-shirts, and like, yeah, I mean, it's, it, to some extent, that's that's true, but uh, that's like so far from the truth because they come in all different, you know, forms and you know people look different all over that like this type of music you know um just the other day like i i was like at work and this dude was playing like some really heavy stuff uh like next to me and i looked at him i said you're into this kind of stuff he goes yeah man he goes why i go in i don't know like you don't have the typical long hair blah 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 he's like He's like, fuck all that, man. He's like, I like the music. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. yeah. Metal is a yeah. uh, universal language. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, where I work, I don't I don't think I have anyone I talk to about music. I mean, it, my my uh, I guess where I kind of get that uh, output or that where I get that kind of interaction is going to live shows and um even when I'm at work, I think just listening to interviews too, it's like, I, you know, I'm getting that, that, um, I'm just getting in, the information from, you know, that world that, you know, I'm, I'm really, you know, uh, feel like I'm a part of, or that scene I feel like I'm trying to be a part of. Yeah. What, what attracted you to, um, like podcasting in specific? Did you, uh, listen to like, podcast before you got into this type of music or yeah so um i i mean i'm 36 i've i'm been into like metal since uh shoot since i want to say like you know 98 99 whenever corn freak on a leash and the first slipknot album came out and then yeah i just been a fan um i'd say i think it was like slayer like when i heard slayer i think that's kind of what kind of like open the just basically opened the gate for like listening to faster like extreme like metal um and then um yeah from there it just kind of like snowballed into like listening finding out about at the gates and death and oh man. like in flames um oh, man. at but, the gates yeah um so good so good yeah so i i was a fan of the music first and then the podcasting thing, I found out about it, like, I want to say around 2010, 2011. Uh, so I was, like, really into podcasts for a, a while because I was still, like, going to school and I would ride my bike. Like, I was going to school in Tucson, Arizona at the time, and I would, like, just ride my bike everywhere. And, like, you know, um, like, the Relapse Records podcast was probably my favorite one. Like, it was really good. It was, like, a monthly um, podcasts with like interviews of relapse records, artists, and they had like a playlist and then they had like, um, you know, the guests would like pick their favorite, like relapse artist and, or relapse out. It was all like, just, just nothing about nothing, all, but all, everything about relapse and the history. And, um, that's the one I found out like what Matt Harvey was on. And, um, I think from there, that's when I kind of found out that there was podcasts, you know, where people interview like bands or musicians that I like. So then I kind of started seeking those out. And um, I think the, a couple year a couple years later, I found out about the Jamie Josta podcast. Like I want to say like 2014 ish or something like that. Yeah. And then uh, yeah, I've been listening to his like, like shoot ever since uh, he's been putting out podcasts. Isn't and, that um, funny too? Like he, uh, 
I hear more about his podcast than actually his music, not to like bash him or anything, but like everybody loves his podcast. And like, maybe it's because I'm not around that like hardcore scene or whatever, but I'm just like, everybody listens to it, man. Like, yeah, everybody likes Jamie, man. Yeah. Yeah. He, um, I think a lot of those like, uh, you know, blabbermouth and lamb goat and like, you know, like metal injection, they, they, um, they, they do like clickbait. Like they, they, you know, they take quotes from Jamie Joss's podcast and then they like use it as clickbait to, you know, get people to go to the, to their website. So then I kind of noticed that, you know, he's like a legit, like, um, you know, like, like podcasts, like, um, that, you know, people look for, they look, and listen to for like, you know, for like news and like headlining, like, you know, or, you know, people like that cover like metal, like they, they, they look to his podcast to like, you know, put shit out. Yeah. Like a good, he's a good resource. Good. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the funniest thing about his podcast, great content, but like, I just like the fact that I'm like how, when I used to watch it, he would just like sit on his like, reclining chair with a mic he'd be like (laughs) it's just so nonchalant and relaxed um i feel like that's the that's the means for a good host like somebody that has uh that could talk for a long time low stress and like can just blabber about anything you know what i mean oh yeah and i think the coolest thing about him too is most of the time on his podcast, he's not even talking about metal or music in general. Like it's everything except it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He does do a lot of like, um, I know he does a lot of movies. Uh, he kind of like takes a, a lot of like detours from like, you know what, what he's talking about, but it's still good. I, I still, I still enjoy it. Yeah. Um, I love it, man. Yeah, yeah. The he, I think, uh, I don't know if he's on tour now, but I think he hasn't really been putting some out this past uh, couple months. But, um, yeah, I, I, I dig it. I always like try to turn people onto it, and, um, like I guess for me, I, I wanted to, kind of do that, but like for like bands in my area, because like not a lot of, like, because I guess my whole, um, I guess my whole, um um theme or not theme but like my yeah like my niche was to kind of focus on bands like on the like you know on the native american like side like the like the res metal side so i was really Mm -hmm. trying to push to that i pushed that um because you know there was like a revolver um like revolver did like a a documentary yeah they did a documentary about like those bands but I kind of feel like they, they didn't like really, um, they did everything, but like share their music or, you know, share like where you can like, you know, find these people. Check it out. Yeah. 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 It's like, they just kind of like, it was, it was cool, but I think it was more like kind of for promoting like themselves. I mean, they did like, you know, some cool interviews, but, um, I feel like they didn't really kind of get the word out on some of the bands. Yeah. yeah, so I kind of wanted to take I took it from there and try to like build build a podcast after that. That's cool. Yeah, I thought the documentary was interesting. I haven't watched it in a while, but um I feel like the story was definitely there, but I do remember like after it being like who was that band? Like who who are these people? You know. Yeah, and I mean it, and documentaries are are really hard because I mean I mean, there's flaws in mine. I I know that there's flaws, uh, but uh, holy shit, there's just a lot of work. I could just imagine like doing it more what they did because it was more like a movie. Now I think about it, um, but it was a cool story, man. And one day, I aspired to do like a documentary on like the Asian scene or like the uh, I don't know, like somewhere in Asia um, or. I don't know, just somewhere outside of where I live. That'd be so much fun, you know? Uh, Yeah, yeah, there's definitely a a lot of uh, different scenes out there. I mean, um, 
I I can't really think of any like international scenes that I'm really into. I know like Brazil, right? Brazil has like a really thriving like thrash, like death thrash yeah, scene. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know the cool, one. Like, hear that. The one thing that I wanted to. I was thinking about this today. I was like, why doesn't New York City have a like a extreme metal documentary? I'm like, why? I'm like, I was thinking to myself. I'm like, after all these years, you know how like Saint Vitus is a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, but I was like, holy fuck, like nobody is like, nobody's done like a documentary on that, that scene. And it's huge out there, man. It's huge. Um, but that was just a thought. Yeah. That'd be cool. I mean, like, you know, like famous venues. I mean, I guess there's probably, oh, I don't know too many out in the East Coast, but, um, yeah, I think New York for sure has a lot of like historic venues. Yeah. How is your uh is there a lot of like DIY shows where you're at or no? Uh yeah, yeah. There there's quite a bit. I mean, um I think now since the um, kind of like the pandemic is kind of slowed down, uh I noticed that yeah, there there are more like DIY shows like on a Friday night, Saturday night. Um kind of like more like on the outdoor, like, you know, like empty parking lot kind of, kind of shows. That's cool. That's awesome. Um, yeah. There's a couple venues around here. They, uh, they, they, I'd say, yeah, uh, there's probably about two or three like, uh, venues, like, uh, like legit venues that are indoor. Um, there's I, starting to be more and more like big bands coming through. Um, um, but yeah, it's I'd say it's mostly DIY, like just like set up in a parking lot or um set up at someone's like backyard or something. Um That's but, cool. Um, yeah, yeah, it's uh the scene out here um mostly I'd say it's mostly on the thrash metal side. Um um I think I kind of I in my mind I kind of figured that that's kind of like where people of all ages can kind of meet in the middle, like the, the high school kids, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. are just discovering metal and discovering thrash. And then you got the, the older people, like, you know, middle-aged people that, you know, that was their shit, you know, when they were in high school and everyone just kind of <laughs> meets at that meets in the middle with thrash metal. Yeah. Um, no, without a doubt. That, that was me. I mean, the second I heard like, uh, I don't know trying to think of uh oh havoc man the second i heard havoc i was like whoa dude like this is uh another world i didn't know about you like havoc yeah yeah they're they're sick yeah i've seen them a couple times live um yeah yeah they're they're sick i I dig them i'll have to uh i'll give you his email if you want to get a hold of uh david oh yeah yeah i would love to reach out to havoc yeah, I um, will uh after this I'll try to dig it up for you. Um but uh yeah, man, there's I don't know, there, there's just uh, a lot of like basement shows going on in like Buffalo. Um a lot of basement shows, a lot of just like random pop-up events that are like really fun or they're like kind of like one-offs. I like hosted a show at like a vegetarian restaurant. <laughs> it's just like a, a one-off festival, like a weekend fest. And I haven't done anything since like a lot of like that shit happens here, you know, like something will be super popular and then fall off. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was like a Mexican restaurant that, that was like popping off for a little bit. Uh, an Italian restaurant. They used to do shows that they still do. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I would love to, like, you know, put on a show of, like, bands that I kind of, because I feel like, um, like, the bands I like, you know, I have to drive, like, like three, four, maybe five hours just to go check out. But, yeah, I would love to, like, you know, like, just help out, like, a band that, you know, I, I really enjoy. I really enjoy, like, just, like, yeah, just just like death metal, like you know, a lot of the new death metal that's kind of like popping off now, like Phobophilic and oh um, shit, yeah, oh. stuff like that. Oh shoot, man! So 
Yeah, then the next documentary I'm getting them in because they're coming through my town. And I'm like, uh, I had a conversation with them a long time ago. Yeah, like I heard the that whole, one. That was good, yeah. Yeah, man. Dude, it was like the whole band too. Like I've never done that on a podcast where I had the whole fucking band like at my uh like on a screen where I could ask anybody anything. Um that's that yo, that is challenging but really rewarding and fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I but, really dig that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I would yeah. Are they coming through where you're at? I think uh the cl- I think they're gonna I, I actually saw them last year. Um they were in Albuquerque. They um they were the direct open for oh, the direct opener for Gate Creeper, I think last year in August. Um so I got I got to see them there and yeah, they were amazing live. Um yeah, I know they're I- gonna they're gonna do a, a tour with like uh, Undeath and two hundred stab wounds. I think I wanna say that one uh I wanna say they go to Phoenix. I'm not sure, but um, Phoenix is a little too far for me to drive. It has to be like a weekend thing. Okay. Yeah, those ba- those three bands, man, I, they've been like a... Those three bands, let's just put it this way. If they keep doing what they're doing for 10 years, man, they're going to, like I said, they're going to be in that higher echelon. It's crazy to me, too, because on death is from Rochester, 200 Sabins is Ohio hour away literally uh, and they're just taking over the fucking world <laughs> yeah you know it's crazy have you ever uh, well do you have any bands locally that you saw like you know playing at little little pubs and small venues and then they just break out start touring and being like bigger than life or no <laughs> Yeah, I think I'd say, um, I mean, like I said, I was like in the, living in the Phoenix area for a couple of years. Um, I want to say, um, uh, there's, oh, shoot. I kind of feel like around that time, Gate Creeper was already established. So, uh, yeah. um, I guess going back, I lived in Tucson, like for a couple of years, I think when I was in Tucson, um, there was a band, uh, Landmine Marathon. Do you remember them? Or do you, does that sound no, familiar? No, okay. I don't know that one. Yeah, they were like a grindcore band. I thought um, they... That sounds interesting. <laughs> yeah, they they were on like prosthetic records. Um, I remember um, they were like blown up at the time. This was like, I want to say like 2008, like, 2009. Um, I could, you know, just saw them on flyers, would see them catch a couple songs, you know, when they were the local opener. And then... You know, next thing you know, they're like on prosthetic records and, um, you know, supporting some national bands. And I don't know what happened to them. I think they just, I don't know if they broke up or if they're on hiatus. But yeah, yeah. That, that was a, a a band that, you know, I, I saw kind of come up. Um, but um, as of now, I think they're just on hold. Yeah. Another one for me is, uh, do you know who Esquela Grind is? I've heard, yeah, I've been seeing them lately. Yeah, uh, I've seen their name lately. Yeah, like they're, uh, <laughs> like a female fronted grindcore band, which is, it doesn't matter, female, male, whatever. But she's got some like energy to her, man. Like she, she like grabs the, cr- you know, how like, a f- you know, somebody with the mic has to grab the attention. Like she just demands it, um, and it's just cool seeing like they're they were from, from around here too, like a couple hours away, and I just saw them in Vegas. I'm like, what is going on? What is, what is with all these bands in my area? Just like fucking getting in vans and like doing stuff. It's crazy, man. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's just so much good music going on now. What was the last yeah. show that you've been to? The last show, um, oh, it wasn't too long ago. Actually, it was last Saturday. There was um, it was like a local festival, like just ten minutes from where I live. It was like a, it was a suicide silence. They they headlined a, a show that was um, it was called like the Navajo Nation uh, Metal Fest. Um, so it was built around like you know 
the local bands, the, the, the res bands, the res metal bands. And then uh, I think Suicide Silence just finished like their tour with like Lamb of God or they did a, a portion of the Lamb of God tour. And I think they were on their way back to California and then they, they uh, stopped here and uh, did a show. So yeah, it was like, yeah, That's Suicide cool. Silence a week ago. That's awesome. So it was just like Suicide Silence and then a, a crap ton of like local bands for you. Yeah. Yeah. There was a couple, uh, there was one band, um, you know, Robert Trujillo from Metallica, the bassist. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. His son has a band. Um, oh yeah. 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 Otto. He'd be a cool guest, man. Yeah. That'd be yeah. really cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. They were on that. They were, they actually, they played right before Suicide Silence. What? That's yeah. rad, man. That's yeah. like, that's like Corey Taylor's son. In uh, in Vendad, like yeah. that's just <sighs> yeah. I mean, the, the guy sounds just like Corey too. It's it's ridiculous. It's crazy. He could probably like take over for Corey if Corey ever. <laughs> oh shoot! Like... Don't say that too loud. Yeah. <laughs> Corey's Corey's gonna like hop on and be like, "What the fuck did you just say?" <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna be like, you know, I was thinking about that today. I was like, uh, you know. Why did they? Why did they get a new Slipknot drummer when they could have just got their son? You know. Yeah. But I feel like that'd yeah, be a little bit the of family, con- yeah. I feel like that'd be a little bit of conflict of interest. Yeah, because I think yeah, you're right. Uh, the drummer or the the Sean Crayon, his son is drummer for Vended as well. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I think Max I Max 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 Cavalier did that. He like he he put his son as a drummer for Soulfly. I feel like that would be so weird. Like like being like 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 building something up, and then being like, "All right, son, you're gonna be a part of it." Like that would be that'd be huge. You yeah. Know? Uh, yeah, it's like letting them join the family business yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly but just something way more like stressful and uh i don't know yeah blood sweat and tears you know oh yeah um uh, actually max, <laughs> speaking of max he was at that festival last week for uh, the suicide silence show i guess uh, max's son um plays in healing magic okay um you know Max's son. Uh, he his, he has the son who's the the drummer, but then he has another son who has his own band. Um, I think he was also in like Go Ahead and Die with them. But um, yeah, his what other son, yeah, his son was in Healing Magic, and they played on that fest as well. That's great. So like you got all these like rock stars sons there. That that's funny, man. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. We hilarious. just need a uh, vended to like you know finish the hat trick of, of three. Sons musicians bands. <laughs> That's funny. Well, it's cool. Like they, uh, they don't really care what the fan. Like not, not that they don't care what the fans think, but I feel like sometimes, I don't know. If it was me, man, and I had to like carry the torch of like a really successful father or mother being a a musician, I feel like that'd be super stressful because you'd always be like compared and you know, I don't know. Just like, oh, I sound like X, Y, and Z, you know. Some people are brutal with that, where they're just like, oh, you're trying to mimic your family member. And it's like, ah, you know? Yeah. But but it's cool that they're doing what they're doing. I respect it. And the music sounds really good. Oh, yeah. No, I appreciate them, like, making their way out here to because, like, it's not easy to get out here. It's like the main interstate to to get here where I live, it's like – um, interstate 40 it's like you got to go 45 minutes like north like on a small highway like a you know with like you know there's like livestock that you know sometimes you know people run into livestock or you know like horses or like cattle like on the road like it's it's not easy to get here so I really you know you know it's just uh, it's just cool and I'm just like you know glad they you know, like came out here and put on a show for us and the, the promoter cool. who who did the show, he does a, a a really like sick job, like bringing bands out here. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, like, who I could just, I mean, I've talked to bands about that in general, just the fact of um, treating bands correctly, 
like like building a relationship i remember uh chase said to me he's like man he's like the difference the difference uh basically what he was trying to say is like he learned that uh building relationships along the road has helped them a lot like when he uh was playing that show that i filmed at he was like you know man like i know the promoter's name you know and he knows our name like it's it's like uh i don't know it's a healthy relationship you know what i mean and it's good because a show like that you don't want to go out there and be like oh like the promoter's gonna scam me or something crazy like that's good that you have reputable people out there you know yeah um yeah, no, I'm just uh, hoping more bands come out here. You know, I, um, there's like places like that are part of like a bigger, like kind of like an urban area that, but I'd, I'd say, um, uh, have you been to Arizona before? No, I, the, I've only been to Vegas, Florida, and that's about it, man. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, no. So like, you know, Phoenix and Tucson, those are like the, the two biggest like cities. And then there's one place um, nor- on the northern part of the state called Flagstaff. They have like this uh, university, Northern Arizona University. Like um, that's a p- pretty cool spot. I'm hoping more bands can like go out there. It'll, uh, you know, save me like three hours driving <laughs> to to Phoenix. What is your... Uh... Typical. So, say you, a big band came through. What's your typical drive? Um, I'd say, I guess uh, Albuquerque would probably be the closest place, and that's about three hours, like uh, one way. Oh no, shit! Okay. Yeah. So, um, it it works out if it's a weekend. Like if I go there, check out a show, spend the night, and then drive back on Sunday. Um, that would be ideal. Uh, actually, um, tomorrow night, uh, gruesome, you know, Matt Harvey's band gruesome is going to be in Albuquerque and I've always wanted to see them live ever since gruesome. Come on, get, you're getting, yeah, there, I really need to go there. So I'm, I'm going to make it happen. I, um, three hours, you got yeah, three that. hours one way. And then, so three hours back. So, and then, you know, there's like work the next morning, but, um, uh, I'm, I really want to go. So if I go, I would, you know, leave, like in the crush some Red Bulls, man. Yeah, and then just drive back, like <laughs> try to get Jesus. back before like you know two in the morning. Oh man, whoo! I've done those drives, man. I've done a few where I'm like, I need to do it. I need to go to this show. And it, yeah, like I think the best part about those shows is like when you get back home and you're like, I did it. I went to that show. Tomorrow's gonna be a a good time, but I went to the show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, those are, those are tough, but you know, I've, I, I've, I've done them before. I mean, um, like I said, like if it's a Friday night show or Saturday night show and I don't have to work the next day, like that's, that's just the best, you know, you know, I don't have to stress about getting back and, uh, you know, driving, you know, and getting back at two in the morning, but. Oh um, yeah. Oh, the old two in the morning. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I feel like uh I can never understand why concerts always started super late. Oh like man. I understand the fact that like people have obligations or shit, but like at the same time I'm like nobody wants to be out till three in the morning, five in the morning. You know? Yeah. Um yeah. there's a place yeah. local to me where like the shows literally don't start until midnight. Oh my god. Like it's called the bug jar. It's like local, local shit, but it's just funny. Yeah, no, but, I, um, there was a show I went to. It was like, it was a good few months ago. It was like carcass, immolation, creeping death. Um, it was only three, three bands on the bill. And I was hoping it would start like at seven and then, you know, it'd be done. I'd be home like by midnight, but like, I think they started around, I want to say nine thirty. Oh yeah, and I'm like, come on, man! Like, well, Creeping Death finished; they were cool, but yeah, they they did not start till nine thirty, and 
I want to say Carcass Jesus. probably finished like a, after midnight. And I was like, man, I was hoping to be home by midnight. <laughs> That's rough, man. Like, I have like an hour drive to any show I go to, um, which isn't bad. But I feel you, man. Like, I, I feel you because like... I, I think that's the struggle sometimes is like um, just the fact that uh, some places you got to drive the distance and then the, the shows end at like super late. Um, it, I don't know. For yeah. me, I have, I have trouble driving home in the dark. Like I just oh, yeah. veer off yeah. sometimes, you know. <laughs> that's why I said drink some Red Bulls tomorrow. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. For sure, um, yeah. It's it's. Uh, I yeah. I do I do struggle. I'd say after, once it's after midnight, that's when I really start to kind of get a little fatigued. But I think usually like the hot, you know, you get out of a show and you're like wide awake and you're like, you know, it you're just on like yeah, yeah. yeah. It's nothing, but it only lasts like an hour, and then I'm like, oh gosh, now I'm coming down <laughs> from that excitement. Yeah, yeah. What is uh? What was your most memorable show? I'd say, you know, the Max Cavalera, um, Igor Cavalera tour that just happened. Like well, actually it's going on right now, but um, they, the first leg of that, um, the return beneath the rise uh, back oh, okay. in May, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm such a big Max Cavalera fan. I think that I was really, I had so much, um, um, I guess I was like really looking forward to it. So for so many like months and I finally made it and yeah, it was just amazing. Just, um, hearing like those Sepultura songs, like live, like, um, it was amazing. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I became a fan of Max through Soulfly and then I kind of, uh, retraced like Sepultura, uh, like, after after discovering Soulfly, but uh, I I kind of real I realized like the like how important it was to see that like Max and Igor play those songs live and uh, I would say yeah that uh, that's been the, probably the most like memorable within the last like six months but um before that yeah before that it was probably like um um. I don't know. I'm a big Gojira fan too. Like Gojira, like, um, yes. saw them, uh, I want to say 2013, like they played, um, it was that Le Enfant Sauvage tour with okay. like Devin Townsend project. And, um, that was, yeah, I, I really was really blown away. And just, I think it was like right when Gojira just started to blow up. Um, dude, Gojira is like, Oh man, they they hit. I don't know. There's just something special about that band, man. They got the rhythm, they got the hooks, they got the riffs, like everything about that band. Um, it's the only band where I took a foot to the back of my head and I was like, you know what? It's all good, man. Go Jira. <laughs> like it's all good. I I would be the same way. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Uh, but. Um, oh, that sounds, that sounds brutal, but like, yeah, I mean, just being, being there for Gojira, I think, yeah, yeah, you gotta let it slide and just enjoy, enjoy the moment. Yeah. I'm, I'm hearing the stranded riff right now. <laughs> that's a, that's an awesome riff. Yeah. But, uh, oh yeah. They're, they're like just blowing up. I mean, I think the last time they came through here was, uh, with the Deftones. I think they open for or they were opening for deftones that was that was huge i mean um yeah it was cool just to see them like on such a big like production like a a really clean uh production and just seeing their like their whole the whole like show and the presentation of the show is just amazing and it's cool seeing them from you know where where they i mean i i became a fan of them uh, when the from Mars to Sirius like was just came out, and so back then they were like opening small clubs. Like I think 
uh, when I first saw them, first time I ever saw them, there's like 20 people there at a small club in, in Tucson. And then oh, really? seeing okay. them now to like opening for like Metallica and like the football arenas <laughs> is amazing. Yeah, that's cool, man. Like Mario, Jesus Christ, man. He's, uh, I wish I could move my hands that quick and be on beat and stuff. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to say other than if, if there's anybody... It does no Gojira. Listen to them right now. Like they're just the best. They're they're one of the best. But uh Yeah, oh yeah, hands down, just like top five favorite bands for me. Yeah. 